I think the biggest challenge that taxpayers face is interpretation of laws and GST is a destination based um, uh, tax so which means wherever goods or services are actually consumed that particular state has the right to collect tax on the value of the goods or the services offered as chartered accountants and as people who uh, deal with GST uh, day in day out there is still a lot of GST leakage that's happening in a country like ours behavioral economics definitely had a role to play when you saw people giving up their uh, subsidies on the LPG gas cylinders Greetings to all our listeners. Today, we present to you the fifth episode of The Bigger Picture, a podcast series by Ecospire. I am Varalika Vashisht, and today, along with my co-host Varun Rai, we have Mr. Siddharth Kohli with us to talk about Indian tax reforms. Thanks a lot for joining, sir. You are a consultant to the World Bank. CEO of Indigenesis Consulting and have also worked in the past with RBI and EY and this whole journey is truly an inspirational one we would love if you can walk us through this journey and help us and guide us on to how to achieve such milestones in future thank you varalika thank you varun uh, pleasure being with you guys uh, well the journey's been uh, pretty fascinating up until now like everybody would tell you after 12 or 13 years of their careers but uh, it all happened uh, frankly if i were to give you an umbrella view it all happened when i did not have a plan the only plan that i had was that i wanted to do something of my own always in life and uh, right after uh, uh, we passed school i i enrolled for chartered accountancy by the grace of god everything started to happen at the first shot i became a chartered accountant when i was not even 21 uh, uh enrolled uh, with a management training program with the reserve bank of india for a period of 3 to 4 months where i was exposed to the economic policy and research planning and then went on uh, after that to be employed by ernst and young i always wanted to be employed by one of the big four consulting company of the world so i went on to do my consulting stint with ey i had actually planned that i'd be there for two years uh, but uh, such was the rigors of the work that i was exposed to i left in a in a span of only 10 months to start out on my own and that is how it has it has been since then world bank came by after i started out on my own and thankfully now we are present in in four countries and offices across the board so yeah it's been a it's been a great great journey uh so that's truly incredible uh so now if we want to talk about the indian tax reforms so there's this yeah. one question we all know that india is a economically diverse country so what do you think is the root cause of the tax disputes going on in our country yeah i think that's a pretty valid question uh, to ask especially with us dealing with tax disputes every day day in day out i think i think the biggest challenge that taxpayers face is interpretation of laws uh, by themselves and that is why uh, there is expert help required at each step of their journey and then uh, later on what happens is then if the tax system is open to interpretation and the taxman is not friendly and if they are given targets to be achieved uh, basis uh, 
whatever needs to come out from the taxpayer, then it's a conflict of interest basically. Because if the taxpayer is out to to actually get tax from you, and then he'll um, use all methods in the book to actually punish you for something that you've done, uh, it becomes a, a huge problem. And that is where I think the root cause of major uh, tax disputes in the country is. Right now, you see the biggest case of Vodafone uh, that the entire world saw. What came of it? Uh, we spent 10 years, 11 years in litigation, and finally, it got settled in favor of Vodafone. So it's the waste of everybody's resources, money, time, efforts, everything. Yes, sir, indeed. Uh, and actually the Vodafone example made it really clear on how interpretations and subjective interpretation of these laws can actually create a problem in country like India. Uh, so now moving on to the Lefos curve, which is often considered to be one of the most elegant and simplified version of summarizing the relationship between the marginal tax rates and corresponding tax receipts. We would like to know if you ascribe to that theory and if you do, to what extent will the theory apply to the Indian case? As in, where would we be on the curve right now? I'm seeing, I'm seeing the Laffer curve. Um, uh, if you, if you were to ascribe to that, we are maybe at a at a higher uh, tax regime rate uh, when it comes to the Laffer curve. Although there, there are uh, steps to bring down the tax rate uh, and 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 make it an attractive regime for people to come to India. But I think. Uh, I think I think we are at a at a higher rate as far as de developing economies are concerned. Of course, you can't compare yourself to the U.S. and to other developed nations who have a 40-40% uh, tax rate. But then their social security benefits and everything are also covered under that. But uh, I mean, if I were to stick to that, I would say yes, we are at a, a slightly higher tax rate when it comes to. Uh, and, and that is also the reason why you see not many people are in the tax fold as far as individuals are concerned. You see um, theories that come out day in, day out, where uh, there are newspaper reports that only a, a handful of Indian people actually file returns and only a handful of Indian people pay taxes. So out of a country of 1.4 billion, if you are at a higher point on the Laffer curve, uh, then it kind of defeats uh, and defeats the entire uh, expanding tax base uh, thought for a developing uh, country like ours. Uh, okay, sir. Thank you. Um, I think that was a very insightful answer. Now, if we were to talk about the current or the recent developments in the taxation policies of our own country, uh, we know that GST was introduced rather recently uh, in the last in the last one decade. So uh, now with the ongoing situation of the coronavirus pandemic, COVID-19 has severely impacted the GST, which is our goods and services tax. And we've been hearing that states are asking the central government for compensation. So we would love to know if you could explain this idea of compensation and also simplify as to why GST was so affected during the course of this pandemic. And if there was any possible alternative uh, to which our country or the the tax would have performed better. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Yeah. So as somebody who's watching all this pretty closely, I think I'll answer your questions in the parts that you asked. I'll, I'll jump to the first is the state compensation or the compensation that the states are asking for. Uh, how the how the Indian GST system is actually designed is that every month 
there is a return that's filed by the Indian taxpayer. And there are two aspects to GST, which is CGST, which is the central government GST. And then there is an SGST, which is a state government GST. Now, whatever GST is, and GST is a destination-based uh, uh, tax, so which means wherever goods or services are actually consumed, that particular state has the right to collect tax on the value of the goods or the services offered. But since the structure is such that it's a, it's a single tax, the collection mechanism is done through the central government and the money that, uh, that is paid out in taxes goes to the central government first. Now, the moment it goes to the central government, the central government, in effect, has to pay back the states uh, their share of GST, which was SGST. Now, in the previous regime where GST was not there, this tax used to be collected by the states themselves. So an excise um, uh, would be collected by the states themselves, which was on manufacture, the octroi, the, the VAT on, on goods sold, VAT on goods sold. All these taxes were collected by the states directly. So there was no lag per se, or there was no dependence on the central government for the states to actually get an indirect taxes from the bulk of the state's revenue. In fact, in fact, that is the biggest contributor to a state's revenue. If there is a lag in, in receipt of that particular revenue from the central government as it stands now, and as we, we've been seeing in the news, it kind of impacts the state's ability to function for welfare schemes and more so in COVID times to effectuate relief measures, because if that doesn't happen, your entire administration goes for a toss. So that is the biggest thing that we are seeing right now, where the where you see there is a huge uh, tussle going on between the central government and the states that their share of GST has not been paid to them for a long time. That is a working capital issue for the states. I don't know how quickly they can resolve because maybe, uh, and now I come to the second part of your question, which was, what happened actually that this uh, that that this amount could not be released or you see there is a consistent shortfall in the gst collection over the last 5 6 months and that was bound to happen because the economic activity has gone down by a huge margin and a huge number uh, imagine in april maruti did not sell a single car across the country not a single car was sold and the turnover was zero for maruti now imagine I don't know the exact numbers on what they sell monthly, but 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 it's, it is definitely a few hundred crores, even a few thousand crores across the country. Now add to that GST that is collected by the end consumer and paid to the central government. Now when the central government doesn't have that amount of GST or those resources coming into them, it becomes a double whammy for them because they cannot pay the states and they're not getting money themselves. And that is where the entire economic activity came to a standstill in the last four or five months. And then we are now hearing reports where uh, some some central government agencies are delaying salaries. There have been cuts in the state governments. Uh, also, people have not, uh, I mean, I, I don't know exactly of, of states, but our little interaction with Punjab tells us that there is a delay in even salaries of state government employees. So so that is happening uh, due, to, due to this massive impact that the pandemic has had. When there is no production, when there is no economic activity, how will GST actually get paid or how will the consumer actually end up paying GST for goods or services? So that's the second part. And now, now coming to the third part of, of what we could have actually done better. I mean, um, of course, as, as chartered accountants and as people who uh, deal with GST uh, day in, day out, there is still a lot of GST leakage that's happening. 
there is there are still avenues where the central government and and the governments together in the gst council can come together and plug a lot of leakage which is already happening uh, maybe there are larger issues and bigger fish to fry where the the central government has not probably looked at it right now but then on the other while i say that there are leakages that need to be plugged on the other side there is a lot more simplification that's required that needs to happen because when you simplify processes more and more people come into the tax net more and more people adopt your one nation one tax policy right now it's all haphazard it's it's almost going to be what uh, three years since gst was implemented uh, and and it's it's still evolving every day the system still uh, shows lags um, uh, every day uh, infosys has I, I understand from newspapers that infosys has been reprimanded for not doing a good job but then all these things need to be taken into account before uh, a system of this sort and this scale and this stature is actually rolled out in the country so that was indeed a very detailed answer and um, of course we are left with better understanding of the whole scenario and also the goods and services tax also now moving on to one of the reforms that the indian government took uh, we heard prime minister modi saying that the government will try to reward the top income taxpayers and this comes out as a behavioral economics thing right uh, so in a country where people still overlook the importance of paying taxes how do you think policies like these of rewarding the taxpayers can help changing the status quo i think um, we've always been uh, up until now we've always been a nation who who has not been very transparent when it comes to taxes and again it's been more uh, on the policy side uh, rather than the taxpayer side maybe i want to put it that way uh, but now if if things like a faceless or a nameless assessment uh, is put into actual practice i don't know how good or bad it's going to be because not many countries across the world and we are talking of hugely developed economies uh, have developed this kind of a system uh, it's only us who's maybe not even 8 or 10 uh, people 8 or 10 countries in the world who have implemented this so we are taking a huge challenge upon ourselves if it goes well and if the nameless and faceless uh, assessments uh, system is actually implemented well then what happens is it kind of inspires confidence and uh, lets the taxpayer know that the government is not my enemy and the taxman is not actually here to to take legitimate money from me as long as i have disclosed everything and as long as there is no uh, there, there is no taxman at the other side who i have to deal with in person and then of course you know corruption um, issues and all that will or just up downplay them for the moment but but if that kind of a thing actually happens and uh, in confidence can be inspired then we can very very quickly move to a very under taxed nation or or sort of uh, a nation that is not into tax net at all to a nation where uh, there is a lot of uh, uh, confidence in the administration and more and more people are brought into tax net and then ultimately leading to good economic resources so can you please shed some light on this whole idea of faceless assessment so our listeners can have a better view of the policy changes so up until now what used to happen was that um, the the taxman used to send you a notice if your case had been selected for scrutiny which is which is basis a random uh, mechanism that they have at the back end 
So once your case is selected for scrutiny, you used to go and meet the tax officer. Generally, a taxpayer would have to engage with a consultant, with a chartered accountant, uh, and then uh, documents and information used to be submitted to the taxman. And basis the information submitted, the taxman would actually then take a call, a considered call on whether the income reported by the assessee or by the taxpayer is correct or whether it needs to be enhanced uh, by an amount that in the view of the tax officer is correct. Invariably, there used to be dispute and this goes back to the question that we first answered. There were huge disputes and up until now there are huge disputes and the number is not even funny as to what is the amount that is lying in litigation as of now as we speak in, in various levels of appeals, tribunals, high court, supreme court. Uh, to, to do away with all of that, the government thought of introducing a nameless faceless assessment scheme where the faceless assessment scheme would mean that I do not know who my tax officer is and the tax officer does not know who the assessee is. So this, to me, it seems like an attempt to do away with intended uh, uh, corrupt means or intended uh, uh, high-handedness of the tax officer uh, because when you go and meet him in person, he would try to exert influence uh, but when you don't know who the actual person is, and I don't know who I can actually, if, if of course I've done something wrong as a taxpayer, then I also do not have the leeway to get out of the system because I, I don't know who's actually doing the assessment. So it, it will, it might bring transparency and will achieve the intended purpose. Uh, but again, as we said, just like GST, uh, this also is very ambitious and needs to be seen as to how this plays out in, in the next year or two to come. Uh, one more thing, sir. So as we notice in the West, there are a lot of independent platforms helping people to file their IT returns. And they're using technology pretty heavily and making this whole process of paying taxes you know, restricted to your your laptop only and you don't have to go to your consultant or chartered accountant to get that help. When do you think uh, the startup ecosystem will be able to implement that kind of technology in India on the large level? And also uh, considering that such kind of technology is highly dependent on how many people pay taxes. So how do you think this technological advancement can happen? And also uh, following that, what do you think can be some more implementations of behavioral economics in the whole tax regime, especially in India, since we saw in the United States how certain uh, concepts of behavioral economics were implemented and things got better. So do you think that behavioral economics can do any better in the Indian regime right now? I think uh, to answer the latter part of your question first, behavioral economics definitely has got a role to play. And that is how you see uh, people in this country where, where we fight uh, for the lowest of the lowest. I mean, we even fight for maybe a 10 rupee or 20 rupee and these are uh, well-to-do people. In a country like ours, behavioral economics definitely had a role to play when you saw people giving up their uh, subsidies on the LPG gas cylinders. So that is where you saw that there is a huge impact of behavioral economics and decision making where individuals are impacted. Uh, so that that definitely weighs on a person's mind when when or wherever he or she is making that uh, income tax or that uh, that decision of his life whether to 
rob the government of taxes or whether to honestly pay taxes so so yeah that definitely plays a role uh, and i was i was i for one was pleasantly surprised when i saw too many people give up the lpg cylinder subsidy so that will work of course across all domains zones regions and which also goes back to the same thing that you mentioned on the prime minister saying we're going to reward honest taxpayers so it kind of exudes that confidence and inspires uh, a particular uh, way of of behavior now going back to the previous question on technology i think it's high time it's it's really high time that we simplify things both in our tax returns in our information sort for right now it's too complicated and there is too much of an information overload that a layman can hardly understand what exactly is being sought for and that is where sophisticated uh, uh, consultants and help is required but i think the startup ecosystem uh, can definitely help here and with technology changing too rapidly there can be a plugin which can talk to the income tax system there can be uh, th- i mean there there are 100 things that maybe uh, already an infosys or a wipro or a tcs or or, or these it behemoths in the country would already been doing uh, so yeah it's, it's just a matter of time before it plays out but um, it will have to be tied down to a simplified tax regime a more simplified tax regime which is in the works but is going a little slow again uh, let's see as to how the next 2 3 years pan out uh, so so uh, from my understanding is it right to say if uh, if people were more aware of their moral values and their ethics and they were more responsible as, as citizens it would significantly affect the tax disputes and the taxation issues of the country if they're more loyal if uh, due to their loyalty and mm-hmm. their responsibility as citizens i would believe so uh, but again it all boils down to it's a two way street right loyalty and respect both are a two way street so yes, so i think i think i think it is most important for for the administration also to exude that confidence which again as we speak um, is happening maybe as as varun mentioned the prime minister going out and saying um, the honest taxpayer is going to be rewarded yes uh, it it might exude that confidence in me that uh, that that i am inspired to to do good work for the country and and be honest with my taxes okay sir so uh, now if we were to talk about the recent developments and the recent news that we are hearing about the sector uh, vision 2020 as conceptualized by the indian government involves efficient tax policies and administration so could you please share your views uh, on this vision 2020 and the policies and uh, tell our audience more about it i'm saying there are a lot of things that are changing uh rapidly and and the vision 2020 that you talk about was probably a more progressive uh, tax and an efficient tax system which was laid out back uh, i think 7 8 7 or 8 years back yes which, sir which wanted to change personal income tax corporate tax but all of that has actually you know now gone uh gone out of the out of the system because now you have a gst now you have uh, uh the income tax is also on the brink of being changed with the direct tax code uh, being talked about and the direct tax code was actually uh, first implemented in 2000 uh, i mean the code came in in 2010 which was the first time that the bill was introduced in the parliament till now nothing of that sort has has moved ahead so i think i think on the vision on the government's vision there have been a few significant changes uh, where 
where they have sought to crack down on black money and uh, which kind of led to a more transparent or or an attempt to have a more transparent uh, regime but on the same hand and, and at the same time there is also this need of of a huge amount of simplification in the tax system that we have right now so again both things need to go hand in hand and maybe i would more i'd be more interested now to see your vision because 2020 of course and and at the i mean uh, a tongue in cheek comment there would be that the vision 2020 uh, might as well be just just done away with because 2020 is just that year so maybe i would be more than uh, interested now to look at uh, how a 2020 uh, 3 or a 2024 would pan out given the latest set of tax reforms that are being intended to kick in so thank you so much for all the valuable information that you have shared with us today and uh, it was truly an enriching session everything you ex- explained with so much detail and so many examples that you've given us i hope it's uh, also immensely beneficial for our listeners it was a pleasure to have you with us sir and uh, thank you so much for joining us today sure thank you so much thanks a lot thank sir for joining us we will be back next week with another interesting episode of the bigger picture so stay tuned to stay enlightened